0: Job ready? Employer says yes. This programme is presented by Eduvate – Education and Innovation. In the news this week. There's an item about how prisoners get jobs after serving their sentence. At the moment, to sort it out, there's a deal between the Ministry of Justice and the Education and Skills Funding Agency. Is it working? No. Three careers advisers at Pentonville Prison in London have been laid off. Transition from one aspect of society to another is, as you know, important to us at EduVate. I've been talking this week to Darren Burns, National Recruitment Ambassador at Timson's, the leading high street store. They are thought leaders with a great track record, working with marginalized groups. And I caught up with Darren at Timson's HQ. Hello, I'm here at HQ in Timson's, which is in Manchester. Timson's, you'll know a fabulous shop on the high street. I'm talking with Darren Burns who's the National Recruitment Ambassador and I want to find out things not only about the company but also about something called the Timson Foundation. Darren, you manage the Timson Foundation. What's that all
1: about? Well, the Timson Foundation essentially is a, a part of our organisation which offers employment and training opportunities to marginalised groups within society. What's a marginalised group? Well, it could be anything. I mean, Timson's a, a, a probably more well-known, and it's, it's more synonymous with us to um, take care of ex-offenders, so we provide employment opportunities for those with criminal convictions, people who've either been to prison or people who've got an offending history. Um, but it's not just ex-offenders that we help. Um, we help long-term unemployed people, disabled people and ex um, veterans as well, so people who've been in the Army, Navy, Air Force, etc. Um, but predominantly it's ex-offenders. So the ex-offenders, so there was wonderful paintings
0: downstairs when I was waiting in reception yes. to talk to you. And these were done by ex-offenders.
1: Correct. How does that come about? Yeah, um, there's a huge um, movement, really, um, within a prison system in the UK. There's lots of prison art. There's an organisation called the Kessler Trust Uh, which sort of champions this art and some of it has to be quite valuable Um, some of it's really, really good and we've got quite a a few pieces downstairs which you've seen Um, so yeah, we've some some talented people in our prisons So when you talk about ex-offenders and you talk about
0: veterans who've been in the armed forces or whatever these are people in transition from one form of life to another Correct How does Timsons intervene? What
1: sort of form does that intervention take? Um, Specifically it comes in the form of retraining them Um, so we engage them first of all usually in custody Um, we'll meet with them we'll chat with them we'll find out what they're about we'll conduct a risk assessment um, and then we'll take it from there we'll often train them in all of our skills and services um, and then we give them a job when they get released from prison Um, and it's as simple as that really and it's a a, a credible stream of recruitment for us Um, approximately 10% of our workforce uh, which equates to about 600 people who's made up of people who've either been to prison or people with an offending background. So how do you work out whether they're employable in that kind of a way? It's a really good question. I mean, um, we estimate that there's probably two-thirds of the prison population who aren't employment ready, and that, that could be for various reasons. One, because they've never worked before and they haven't got any work ethic. Two, because they haven't finished on their offending journey, i.e. they haven't got out of to the system yet. Um, or it for uh, a number of other complex needs and issues, maybe addiction, homelessness, etc., etc., mental health, possibly as well. So, what we try and do is we try and um, engage with the people who are ready to, to make that change and who are prepared to come up and, and work hard. That makes sense. How does this foundation how does it come about? Well, I certainly can't take credit for it. It was our <laughs> C- CEO, James Timson, um, who's my boss, um, back in 2002. Um, James was invited to a local prison. Um, not too far away from where we are today. Um, HMP Thorn Cross, which is a male category D open prison um, just up the road. Um, James was invited in with a lot, um, a few other local business leaders, just to have a look around really. It was James's first time into prison, and I think it's fair to say he didn't really know what to expect. Um, mm. James was shown around by a young guy called Matt. Matt was a serving inmate. Uh, he was very intelligent, very articulate. And James thought, wow, what a great guy. He'd be a fabulous addition to our business. Um, So James gave him a business card and said, Matt, when you get released, give me a call and we'll see if we've got some work for you. Um, And James was good to his word. And when Matt got released a couple of months later, um, he called James um, and James gave him a job. I'm very pleased to say that Matt um, is one of our most successful branch managers and is still with us today. Um, And from that moment on, um, James thought, well, if there's one great guy like Matt in one prison in the Northwest of England, With a prison population at the time of about 80,000 people, Mm. surely there's hundreds if not thousands of credible candidates who just need that second chance. Um, So we then began to proactively recruit ex-offenders into our business. It's an inspiring story. What proportion
0: are young people to the older people that you bring through the system?
1: Are there lots of young people or do they tend to be a, a bit older? They, they tend to be a bit older. I mean, we, we found through experience, and again, bear in mind, we've been doing this now since 2002. Lots of the younger people who are in the midst of offending, um, lots of them lack the maturity really to come out and, and hold down a job. Um, so, yes, we do engage with young people. We've had lots of success with young people, um, but we have more success with people over the age of 25. Um, so some of the... Um, young offenders we don't have as much success with them Um, so it tends to be the older age group
0: the foundation is a success it's it's, uh, an inspiration to to other people it's what's called corporate social responsibility or, 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 or whatever how do
1: you inside Timpsons measure its success um Again, I mentioned before, I mean, the Timson Foundation essentially is a credible stream of recruitment for us. So we like to recruit a a, a significant proportion of our colleagues into our business through these streams, i.e. through prisons. Um, And our success is is quite a simple measure, it's how many people stay with us. So after a two-year period, if we've taken on 10 people from prison, obviously we we take on approximately 20 a month, so it'll be a lot more than that. Um, But if we take on a a certain amount of people in, in that particular month, are these individuals still with us in two years' time? Um, And the answer to that is a resounding yes. I mean, our our retention rate through the foundation alone is, what, 80%, which is something we're very proud of. So if the Tinson
0: Foundation is an inspiration for other companies, it's not only because you're doing good, it's because it is a cost-effective, legitimate way of finding people to work in your company. But, of course, it's not the only way. No, it's not the only way, no. How do you
1: normally recruit and what sort of people is it that you're looking for? We recruit in a number of ways. Um, All of our vacancies are posted on our Timpson Group website. Um, But our favoured method of recruitment is that we ask our existing colleagues to recommend a friend and we incentivise them financially. So the thinking behind that is that we know what sort of colleagues we like. Um, So it makes sense that the colleagues that we've already got in our business who are doing well Chances are that their friends, family members, etc., are going to have the same sort of skills and attributes that we value. So, we offer them a financial incentive to recommend people to join the business. So, if we called this cultural fit with the ethos of Timson's, yep. would that be
0: fair? I think so, yeah. yeah. Darren, tell me some more of the advantages
1: of actually working with Timson's. Well, for me, the best thing about working in Timson is, is the culture. The culture is absolutely fantastic um but there's lots of benefits for our colleagues as well so some of the more well-known benefits are that all timson colleagues get their birthday off hmm. um, nobody works the birthday in timson we don't think it's right um, so everybody gets an extra day's leave um, we have holiday homes throughout the uk and europe which are free to use um, for our colleagues and their families right um, and these are really nice places luxury lodges with hot tubs etc um, completely free to use for our colleagues um, we have a packed calendar of social events So we have regular bowling nights, summer barbecues, um, pantomimes in the the Christmas time, etc., etc. If you get married, you get a hundred pound bonus in your wages, Mm. you get an extra week's leave um, and you get to use our company limousine as your wedding car, which is quite nice. So it's small things like this that we do to look after our colleagues and and to help them feel valued really. But that feels like a small company rather than a a big company. How
0: can you manage to do that?
1: We manage to do it because it's embedded within our culture. So all of our managers, all of our leaders, it's second nature to them. So we really do take care of our colleagues. And it could be something as simple as um, if I visit a branch, uh, these guys are the kings and queens of our business. It's not me. It's these guys who are day in, day out, working hard, retail hours, uh, repairing shoes, cutting keys or maybe in one of our other businesses, uh, putting the hours in, putting the money in the till. Without them, we wouldn't have a business and I wouldn't have a job or a salary or a company car. So these people are the most important people in our business. So every time I call into a branch just to do a welfare visit or just to say hi to one of our amazing colleagues, um, I wouldn't dream of going into a branch without bringing them a coffee or a muffin or um, some sort of uh, pat on the back and just to, just to say hi and just to remind them that they are valued and that they are important
0: Thinking about the foundation and looking to society as a whole what is it you think that you can help improve as we move forward
1: in 2018 and onwards? Well the Timson Foundation without doubt um, helps to reduce reoffending offending um, statistically of prison leavers will be back in custody within two years of leaving prison. Now that's proven to be reduced to 19% if these people have got full-time employment. So there's clear evidence there that our approach works. So by diverting these people away from a life of crime and into gainful employment, um, we can stop them committing crimes, which is obviously better for us, it's better for our communities, and it's better for the individuals as well. Um, It's also better for the UK taxpayer. Reoffending is estimated to cost the UK taxpayer 15 billion pounds a year. So anything we can do to break that offending cycle, it makes clear sense. So that's one reason we do it. The, the sort of second reason we do it is because it's good for business. Um, often these people that we recruit um, from prisons and from offending backgrounds, um, they've got great personalities. They've got lots of skills and attributes that we value as a business. They're very hard working. They're very loyal. And we think that's because they've been turned down again and again by other employers. Because we've been brave enough to give them that second chance, they grasp onto that chance with both hands and repairs by working very hard being very loyal and being great colleagues but you take a risk we do take a risk but it's a calculated risk Uh, there are certain um, offenders which we won't consider um, but we do a thorough risk assessment of everybody we take on and since we've been doing this since 2002 we've never had any reported incidents of of any violence or anything anything untoward whatsoever Um, in fact statistically it's quite the opposite Um, the foundation colleagues or ex-offenders are um, statistically more honest than people that we recruit from the streams ha. so they steal less from us and again that's because um, these people have been turned down again and again um, and don't want to bite the hand that feeds them essentially So this seems to me
0: a form of leadership and it, at the beginning of that is a kind of a thought leadership yes. that you take over uh, a way of doing things and say no it would be better if it's done differently how do you get that thought leadership over who, which other companies, which
1: other organisations can say, no, we've been doing it wrong, Timson's are right? Well, particularly in terms of the foundation, I mean, there's lots of other businesses now who are sort of trying to move into this space. I mean, Timson's are seen as the pioneers for ex-offender employment, but there are lots of good forward thinking businesses now. Um, off the top of my head, you've got Gregs, you've got Halford's. Um, you've got Marks and Spencers you've got Virgin so there's some big players now who are realising the value in engaging with with this marginalised group not only the value for society but the value for the business as well Um, so I spend lots of my time chatting to other businesses um, and bestowing the virtues really of ex-offenders and how how fantastic they can be so um, to put a
0: posh term on it this is responsible capitalism
1: absolutely yeah
0: you are a large company and people don't always appreciate that. But I understand it because I read things before I came into this interview, that you turn over 150, 200 million a year. But it's not only under the
1: name Timsons that that sort of revenue is generated. How big is the company? What is it you do? I think you're quite right. I think that the the big misconception with Timson is that we're a small business. People often mistake us for a a franchise business, but we're not. Um, Timsons is the largest service retailer in the UK. Um, so currently we employ 6,000 colleagues up and down the country, uh, and we've got in excess of 2,000 branches. Uh, but you're quite right, it's not just the, the Timpson name. Um, the Timpson is, is obviously the, the, the parent group, um, but in addition to that we've got Max Spielman, who are our photo experts. Okay. Max Spielman do um, photo gifts, mugs, mouse mats, canvases, photographic processing, etc. Um, in the south we've got Snappy Snaps, which are similar to Max Spielman. Um, We've got, we're heavily invested within the, the major four supermarkets now. So we've got all of our concessions, um, both Timpson and Photo in the supermarkets. Um, more recently, we bought Johnson's The Cleaners. We acquired mm-hmm. them last year. Mm-hmm. So we're now the largest dry cleaning business in the UK. Um, we own another dry cleaning business called Jeeves of Belgravia, which are based okay. in the South. Um, so yeah, quite a big business. And you've talked about
0: the cultural ethos in terms of recruitment yep. being uh people that you guess have the attributes and the way of thinking, perhaps, that is Timson's. How would you describe that? What sort of names would you give that ethos? It's it's
1: quite simple. We recruit people with great personalities. Now, I'll be the first to admit that that is really subjective. And what I feel is a great personality might not necessarily be what you feel is a great personality. But in general, for us, it's about people who are able to communicate, people who are confident, people who are chatty. People are able to engage with our customers and provide them with excellent customer service. What we don't want is we don't want a lump of wood stood behind one of our counters just you know, completing transactions. It's all about that customer interaction and that spark of personality and that customer engagement. Because you can teach the skills in Timsons, but you can't teach people skills. Correct, yeah. We, we found that quite early on is that we can teach anybody to repair shoes and cut keys, but we can't teach that all-important personality so if someone comes into your company
0: with high hopes, what sort of progression can you offer them from
1: meeting the public on the high street? For me that's one of the most attractive things about working for our business is that um, all of our all of our talent is, is homegrown. So lots of the sort of senior leaders within our business have all started off their careers um, working in a Timpson store, sweeping up, making tea, making coffee, repairing shoes, cutting keys. So the simple answer to your question is that um, it's all there to play for we like people to be ambitious, we like people to be driven um, and these opportunities are there, there's a clear um, progression for people, so they can come in um, initially as a branch colleague um, then they can become a branch manager, then a mobile branch manager, then an area development manager, then an area manager and so on and so on, Um, and again we practice what we preach, Um, our UK sales director Perry Watkins uh, left school at 16, joined the business um, learned to repair shoes, cut keys and Again, he's sales director now. Um, my immediate line manager, Mr Goy Hamilton Fisher, um, he's our colleague support director or HR director. Goy similarly left school at 15, um, joined the business and has managed to work his way up. So lots of opportunities there. Do you have a preference for people without a degree, with a degree, or does it not matter? It doesn't really matter. I mean, academic qualifications for us aren't really um, important. We give full training am on the job, and the most important thing for us is that people get our culture, buy into our culture, and have got great personalities and can provide first class customer service. The future
0: is a complex one for young people because they see the rapid progression of robotics on the one hand, and artificial intelligence linked but not exactly the same thing.
1: Is that going to affect the way Timsons do business? I think it'd be foolish to say that's not going to affect us at all because I think it's going to affect everybody um, but we're in a you know, fortunate position that lots of the skills and services that we offer the public are fairly niche um, so shoe repairs for example it's a real craft I mean yes you can put a sticker sole on a, on a cheap pair of shoes but if you've got a nice expensive pair of shoes which you need a full sole and nail on that is a real skill, uh, which takes years and years to learn properly. So it would be unlikely that something like that would ever be um, able to be managed by, by, by a robot. Um, so I think we're quite well protected in that respect. So you don't see repairing shoes, fine pair of shoes, for instance,
0: in the same level as flipping a hamburger, because there are robots already flipping burgers exactly. uh, and so on. Yeah, You see it more as a, as a craft.
1: Yeah, it's a craft. But it's not just that. I think for us, the reason that people come back to Tim's, and we get repeat business is because we offer that customer service. uh, We offer that interaction and often it can be a really personal service. Um, As I said, people require things done in a certain way um, and our colleagues are able to deliver that to our customers. So we've talked
0: about the degree versus non-degree and we've talked about the importance of the personal qualities. Could you talk to me more about what is it that allows a person on the one hand to engage easily with the general public and on the other hand
1: a person who's just as bright can't do it? Often it's confidence it's as simple as that Um, some people unfortunately are more confident than others Um, and people who tend to do well in our business um, are the confident candidates um, who can chat freely chat to our customers offer them great service they've got something about them cheeky chappies Um, unfortunately people who are a bit more sort of quiet if you like tend not to do as well with us however people can develop and we can um, sort of help people bring on the the, the skills. These personal
0: qualities are first aired at interview yes and you as the National Recruitment Ambassador know a lot about the interview process just sticking at the beginning with appearance because mm-hmm. I know you uh, pay for job seekers who don't who are not in employment to have their suit dry cleaned yes. beforehand. So my assumption is
1: you think appearance is important at interview. Could you tell me more about that? Yeah, well, I mean you have to bear in mind that all of our roles and advertised vacancies are all customer-facing roles, so we would expect all of our candidates to be smart. Um, so me personally, um, sportswear is a no. Um, so we would expect people to be smartly dressed Now that doesn't mean that I expect people to turn up in a really formal um, suit. Um, I'd be more than happy for somebody to turn up in a shirt, tie, trousers etc. Um, just smartly dressed in, in, in general really. Um, but in, in appearance is important particularly in our business because all of our roles are customer facing and we expect our colleagues to, to, to look the part as well.
0: Where do you stand on this a controversial question of tattoos because we've uh,
1: mm. interviewed a lot of people on this topic. Well, personally now, I feel it's just the way of the world. Lots of people have tattoos now. Lots of people have these full-sleeve tattoos, even tattoos on the neck, etc., etc. But my personal thought is that as long as people are smartly turned out, uh, they're clean-shaven, if they haven't got a beard, um, the clothes are they're clean and pressed, etc., then I haven't got a problem with them. So what's the worst thing apart from being slovenly in appearance, that a person can do at interview? I think the worst thing a person can do are, are at a Timpson interview for me is not really to engage or speak. So there isn't any eye contact, The people are looking at the floor. Um, they've got not much about them. They're not really giving me much information. They're not talking to me much. Um, maybe they're answering some of my questions with a yes or a no answer. Um, and they're not really elaborating. They're not really showing me who they are. That's probably the worst thing you can do. And the best thing? The best thing is the opposite to that, um, be very chatty, very talkative, very confident, very engaging. Um, and what I'm looking for is I'm looking to think, well, would I be able to go for lunch with this guy or with this girl, um, would this person interest in me if I had a chat with him for half an hour? Um, and if the answer to that is yes, then we'll give him a go, it's that simple. I think that the future of the high
0: street is a difficult area, but with companies like Timson's, I think we can see the high street with some measure of confidence going on for the current future, at least. Darren, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You'll find us online at eduvate.biz. Job ready, employer says yes.